Welcome to the Button to Christ Ministries podcast. Here you will find powerful messages from our ministry founder and president, Patrick Baker. You will also hear interviews and testimonies, all designed to encourage God's people to come higher in Christ Jesus and experience true power in Him. Join us every week on our prayer line every Tuesday and Friday morning at 5 a.m. and Tuesday and Friday nights at 7.30 and 9 p.m. respectively. All times are Eastern Standard Time. And now, without further ado, sit back and enjoy the Button to Christ Ministries podcast. Happy Sabbath. Okay, so the song I'm going to be singing tonight is 520. You can follow along with me. He hideth my soul. A wonderful Savior is Jesus my Lord. A Shadows are dry. 
God, thank you for that beautiful rendition, Sister Isabella. Praise the Lord for you. Amen. Amen. And we will turn the program over uh, to the speaker of the hour tonight. Uh, We are welcoming Brother Patrick Baker. Happy Sabbath, Brother Patrick. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Sister Noreen. Happy Sabbath. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much. Happy Sabbath to everyone listening from around the globe. If you're a first-time caller, we really appreciate you as we fellowship together. As Brother Frank reminded us that this is the last Sabbath of the year. And we can say, praise the Lord. We made it. But there's still a few more days to go. Just want to remind you, that the all-night program is coming up, and it's promised to be really powerful. It starts December 31st, which is next Thursday, and it starts at 9 o'clock, and it goes right through until 6 o'clock. This is the 10th year it's going to happen, and it's going to be live on the YouTube channel right through the night. You're able to connect with us, you're able to listen in, and God is going to do a mighty, mighty, mighty work. Just prepare to be there. There's going to be a lot of surprises. You got to be there as we fellowship, as we bring the new year in, in worship. That's what the Lord wants, worship. I'm going to open a really short word, but before I do, I'm going to ask you if there's anybody with any spiritual question. Somebody said to me, it's a long time you haven't answered any question. I remember I heard Keisha from UK. It's now like one or two o'clock in the night and she stayed up because the Lord has been working within our life. The Lord has been doing some mighty powerful work within our lives. So she's testifying about the goodness of the God whom we serve and the God whom we worship. We heard so many people testify of the goodness of Christ. We hear our dear beloved sister testify from Barry, speaking about knowing Christ and coming to know button to Christ. Well, in the year-end program, we're going to do a little recap of all the deliverance that has been done, and and we probably just highlight a few of the deliverance and what the Lord has been doing and what he is still doing. We really appreciate God. We thank you so much for your prayers. We want to thank all the support, all the -the behind-the-scenes people that is working from far away. We have a team working from Vancouver. We have a, a, a people supporting from different countries around the world. We have Brother Royce in Australia listening right now, and he's on the other side. It's day there. It's already the Sabbath in the day. So we are so happy just the way the Lord is leading and where he's taking us to the next level. It's a new year ahead going to be new things happening. We are one year closer to the coming of Christ. We have to be ready and stay ready. 
mercy. Okay, so if there's anybody having a spiritual question that you're struggling with and you did not get the opportunity to ask, I'm going to take probably about five or six questions before I go into a very short word. So you have to undo your phone, unmute it by pressing star star, tell your name and where you're calling from, which country. And I will see if I can answer the question. If there's something you're struggling with, a spiritual question, warfare question. Go ahead, who want to be first? Okay. No question? I have to check to see if I'm on mute. Hello? Okay. Yeah. Hello? Okay. My, you're my sister. Where are you calling from? New York. This is Desrin. Okay. okay my, my question sister. is, I've been thinking about it um, lately. Um, there are Christians who do, they have in their homes, um, like, curse items and demonic stuff and that, but it's they don't worry about it. It's like silent. How, how does this affect our their relationship with Christ? If you see, if you walk in a, a house, certain homes, you'll find you'll realize I'm not comfortable in this house because something is wrong. I don't understand. But for them, they are living with it for years, and along okay. with the curse items. Yeah, because like in my case too, I was living in here with curse items. And it's only when I questioned God because of a certain situation I was experiencing. And I said to him, something is wrong in this place. I do not know why, but something is wrong. And then once I started talking and things start, and somebody start talk to me and tell me this. But there, I have friends who have the same situation, but they never get to the extent of questioning God or seek to find out what is wrong. They just go along, praise the Lord, go church. How does it affect their relationship? And in the end, what will that mean to them? Okay, very powerful question. If we go back to the Bible, we know that a curse thing can do a lot of different things. It can block your prayers. And spiritually, things are spiritually discerned. So if you have a connection, like, for example, for me, if I walk into a home where there is a curse thing, right away I will know. If I go into the room and something is not of God in that room, I will know. And it's because of the reading and the relationship I see daily with the Lord. So if you are in a lukewarm state where you're just doing church as a tradition, then you can have anything in your house and it doesn't affect you. But the moment you start to step out and see God, more and you move out of the comfort zone and you go into a deeper relationship with the Lord, then you will recognize that things will start to move and say like, wow, you know about me, you know? So it will block their prayers. It will affect their relationship with their families in their home. It will cause them to sleep, to be in a a, a sleep state where you're not you know, seeking the Lord, you're not praying enough. You're just a church goers. And that's what happened with a lot of Christians. We just go to church, but we don't really have that relationship with God. So they are cursing. And as a matter of fact, there's something big happened. I was watching a program, and the speaker was talking about Da Vinci, the one who painted the picture with Jesus Christ. And they are saying that it's found out that the picture with Christ is actually Da Vinci. But before he painted that, before he put his picture in it, when he did the first painting, and you can go and research it, all those who are listening. I was doing a little research on it tonight. So he put his picture in, and then he put Judas as his enemy in the, in, in, in the 12 disciples. And then he felt bad. And he changed it, and he put um, his enemy as Jesus. So what I did, I researched to find out if Da Vinci was a Christian. 
and he was more a philosopher. He had he wasn't into any Christian. So I was doing my own research. Again, we have prayed for many people with high level power. And if you have that painting, and I know this is anti, you know, a lot of people are going to be saying, don't be sending me emails now and texts, but we have seen it happen probably four or five times where people who struggle with spiritual warfare and have the picture of Jesus Christ in their house will experience more attack because it's not Jesus, you know? So... I remember one case where I was dealing with a Haitian who had um, voodoo priests in their family, and they told us that um, they work through the picture of Christ that people have in their home, especially the one with the halo. And then they said they work with the, the pictures with the 12 disciples, the, the Lord's Supper. He said there's a lot of codes in it that allow them access to homes, the witches said. So, you know, it's a big topic, but a cursed thing can block the prayers of God's people. And I know some people say, I'm an Adventist. That can't block it. Have you read Joshua chapter 7? Achan hid the stuff underneath his tent. Nobody knew. And the man of God, Joshua, suffered many losses. And he cried out to God. And the Lord says, get up off your knees. Why are you complaining to me? Go check out in your camp. There's accursed things in your camp. Mercy. It's so deep, sister. So definitely, you know, hope that answers your question. You've got to get rid of the accursed things. And if you don't I have know, a follow-up. Okay. Yes, all right. One short, I, you, answered my you answered my question very well, sir. And my follow-up now. So... We as Christians, especially somebody as Christian, who have like uh, uh, these curse items, how our salvation is not is, is is basically at odds because our prayers are not going to God and are being answered. Well, look at it this way now: um, people who live with their curse things and don't know, they they cannot be convinced that their pliers are black. They just don't know spiritually. So when you come higher and you spend time with the Lord, the Lord will open our eyes. And we have hundreds of testimonies with a curse item. And people, when they learn of it and start to read more, God just opened their eyes in their home and they're like, wow, like carved carvings. Most homes have a carving on their bed of Buddha over where your bed head is. Just pray about it and look carefully. You're going to see. In the chairs, the dining room chairs and the living room couches, Buddha is right in there carved in it. I'm telling you, we have pointed this out in hundreds of homes. But you know what? If you ask God and pray, the Lord will open that spiritual eyes. And then the Lord will show you and convict you, your own self. And we don't have to say, oh, I don't believe that. Because as soon as we hear about demon, you know, as Adventists, we say, no, 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 I don't believe that. Lord have mercy. God is opening his people's eyes. Thank you so much, my sister. Praise God. Anybody else? Um, Hello, Brother Patrick. Brother Patrick. Brother Patrick. Okay. I heard a lady. Is that so? Okay, you're next. I will After wait until some... the lady go. Yeah, yeah, ask her. No problem. Go, my sister. Okay, this is Sister Clover. Um, I don't have a question per se, but I just want to make a quick comment. I okay, grew up in St. Elizabeth, where my mom is from. I didn't grow up with my mom. I grew up with um my mom's friend in St. Elizabeth. Because she sent me back to the country. I was born in Spanish Town. But my mother used to visit, they call it back home, the Obian man or the reader man. Mm-hmm. And I could remember when I moved back where my mom was living in Spanish Town. And um, during the days when I would take a nap, there were something trying to choke me 
to the point where it was so obvious like my breath was being stopped, but it was always holding my, you know, always trying to hold my throat and choke me. Sometimes it was a fight when I get up, you know, you could see the impression in my eyes. I say this to say that, that there are so many things that some of our family members doubling, but as you rightly said, we have to come up higher to for the Spirit of God to show us these things. The devil doesn't play. He, We think he plays, but he does not. He comes to kill and to destroy. So we have to always take it higher. It's not Business as usual to just go to church, but we should really, you know, try to know the Lord, and then he will show us things. Amen. Thank you so much, Sister Clover. That's so true. Thank you so much. That's powerful. And I should add yeah. before Sister Walters come that um, one day the Lord showed me that one of the greatest things that affects his people is communing with the dead. And how the Lord yeah. showed me they come in with the dead is when they dream to their loved one who passed away and they said, oh, my That's grandmother right. come and give me a message. The Lord says it's communing with the dead. And a lot of us in our culture do that. We said, oh, you know, I dreamt to my mother and he tells you to do this and your mother is dead. Mm-hmm. The Lord says it's the biggest deception that is hitting Christians saying that they communicate with their dead loved ones. And when we believe that when you die, you're in the grave until the trump of the Lord shall sound. You see, we contradict ourselves and the word of God by believing that when you dream and say, oh, my father was a good man and he dreamt me and tell me this. It's a dream. We have to stand. Amen. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Sister Walters. Yes, Brother Patrick, good night. Happy Sabbath. Good night. I wanted to ask you, um, I just want to comment on on, um, what the lady said about the accursed things. I didn't know anything about accursed things until I came into um, this ministry. And that's when I learned about accursed things. And the Lord showed me all the accursed things that I had that I got rid of. So, you know, and isn't it that if you don't know, the Lord is not going to charge you for something that you don't know. But if you do know and don't do anything about it, then that's when you're in problem. But I didn't have any knowledge until I came into this ministry and every yeah go ahead go ahead mm-hmm. it's finished sister walters i'm not hearing sister walters again hello okay all right let me just address everybody's here and miss phil though so walters has got cut off okay um Okay. Hello, Brother Patrick. Okay, then. Yes. I want, Sister Walters, will you finish? No, I had one one text that I wanted to ask you about. James 5 and um, Mm -hmm. verses um, 17 through 20. I wanted to ask you about especially 19 and 20. James 5. Okay, just read it fast. Okay, it says, brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, let him know that he which converted the sinner from err of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. Okay, all right. And... When it comes to the scriptures, we can answer some of them, and some of them we're trying to move on pretty fast. But I have to go back to something you said first um, about um, if you don't know, you have the accursed things. I have to go back to the word of God. 
if you don't know that you have the accursed things, Joshua did not know the accursed thing was in his presence. And his men right. died, and he didn't know. So therefore, I always gave the scenario, if a lion is in your back seat, and you don't know the lion is there, is he going to bite you? Yes, he's going to bite yes, you. So therefore, it's our mm-hmm. duty to know the word and live the word. It's no excuse. But Joshua mm-hmm. suffered loss. There was consequences. So therefore, if we have accursed things in our homes, there's going to be consequences. That's why so many of God's people are lukewarm. And that's why we are not going with the gospel message. We don't have the fire. Because our homes are filled with things that is not of God. And it's getting us because we are spiritually blind, spiritually dead. So we have a duty to know what is right. We have a duty to study the word. And if we are led by the spirit of the Lord, you know, we're going to, our eyes are going to be open. You know? Can I say one thing, Elder um, Brother Patrick? And who is this? Hello? Okay, you Are have you to tell me? your name. Is this Sister Desrin? Desrin, 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 me. Desrin. I, sorry, okay, I'm Desrin again. I'm sorry. Pa, but you, what you just said a while ago, I, I am, I applaud that. Is that's true? I used to come to my closet more, almost every Sabbath morning to look to pick up my church clothes. My church because I have a two closets, so one is for church, and I would smell this stench coming from when I walk up to the door. I would smell this stench. I said, "Lord, where is the smell coming from?" Because I live alone, so I just talk to myself like that. And then I would step away, and I came, and I come back, and it's gone. That was going on for a while. It wasn't until somebody told me because I had somebody um, come in my house, bless my house with oil, and I said, um, "Am I supposed to move some things?" Looked at me, he didn't say anything. I said, I was told, and the only thing I removed from my house was rum, alcohol. And he didn't say anything. And then when I was told, I walked through and I, I said, oh, my God. I was smelling this thing for years, living with the devil, and did not know it. Because the stench was there. It's a terrible stench. And I looked up, is there a water leak? Because I live in an apartment. Nothing is wrong. But just an ugly smell, very ugly smell coming from my clothes closet. And some of the clothes I have in there were from... Um, the, the sign, um, I don't remember the name now. Paisley. I had a, quite a bit of Paisley. Yes? So I yes. was getting the vibes, but I didn't understand what was happening until I came to this ministry. Amen. And you notice a difference now? Yes, sir. I went to everywhere. Kitchen, dining room, closet, um, china closet. I took out um, furniture out of my bedroom. Lamps, everything. Amen. I clean house. Clean house. Amen. Praise it God. was no Thank and I said so to the Lord. I said to the Lord, Lord, I want anything I go and then I know when I go by the things I saw the jittering in my body I feel and I said, Lord, you just show me. And I will look at certain things and I don't do anything and go back and it's great. So take another look. And the Lord has been showing me everything. I clean house. Amen. Praise the Lord. I clean house one, sister. two, three. And I know. Uh, we're going to try to talk to you for the all-nighter. I know Sister Michelle is taking note. We've got to spend probably a good half an hour with you and go through some of the things. So we're going to try to talk to you for the all-nighter. You have a lot of things to share. Thank you, Hello, Sister. Patrick. God bless you. Hold on. Before I answer you, my brother, Sister Walters, um, James chapter 5, um, 19, 18, those, it's showing that the Lord has hope for his people that his blood can cleanse us and take us out of the sin. And no matter what we do, there's still hope. We don't go and sin deliberately, but when we find ourselves, because he said we were, were shaping in iniquity, and in sin did our mother conceive us. There's still hope that his blood is able to reconsecrate us, and he's able to convert us, the sinner, and take us out of the error. So there's hope. Brother, it was that, Brother Fong. Thank you. That is correct. Yeah. Yes, go ahead, Brother um, Fong. The scripture um, verse says that God winked at our ignorance. I don't remember. Um, and that's just pertaining to um, 
what Sister Walters was saying. I, I don't I, I, believe me. I don't remember the scripture verse. I, I used to have it on the tip of my tongue because I usually use it um, very. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I know the scripture. Okay, but, but um, it did that, not that say. Not my, oh, go ahead. That go is ahead. Not my main verse. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, for example, you go on to um, uh, my main question is, should you go on to the um, uh, furniture store and buy, um, uh, and, and it might link, uh, a piece of furniture, you know, carving into it, you don't know, it might look like a flower or anything. And um, I'm pretty sure quite a few of us might have those in our homes. Um, are, are you saying that sometimes these things could have been um, attributed to the, the devil because for example West Indian on a whole they just carve the thing they they they, they, they just say they're putting in something to, to beautify it could you explain that please okay then alright um, I'll take this and then just one more question I know if the time is running out let me check the time and see if it could take alright I will work with probably a couple more questions after this alright here the Lord said he will wink up our ignorance but it's not a license to sin and say, God will take care of me. So God knows the heart and he knows what to wink at because he's God. He knows. Secondly, um, when you go out and you purchase something, when you're connected with God, you're going to ask God for every single thing you're going to purchase. You're going to ask God. Even if it's food, you're going to go in the name of the Lord and God will direct thy thoughts and everything. I remember I share a very powerful testimony that, that happened a few years back. And this, I had a business where I employ a lot of people. And trust me, I'm a designer and I employ cabinet makers. And I have witnessed that I can write five books about the devil tried to attack the business and send psychics. I hired three people at once, and they were all psychics. Satan sent them, and the Lord showed me them, and I go back and point them out, and they said, I know everything about you. And we had a confrontation. I said, I know who you are. But one thing that presses me was one gentleman from Jamaica. is a carver, and his work is displayed in the Jamaica Art Gallery. That's how good he is. And he used to work for me. And one day he... God just showed me him going home with a piece of maple wood under his shoulder, a big piece like four feet long by, and he took it home. And in three days, he came back with it, with a powerful carving of a horse, and the upper part of the horse is a man, the head of a man, and it's carved so smooth that when you rub it, it's like a, 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 a plate then, the smooth, the texture. And when he carved it and he came back with it, everybody from next door come in and say, how did you carve this? What did you use? And he showed it to me and I put it in my office because I was troubled and I prayed about it and my hair was tingling. The Lord was telling me this is an accursed thing. So I called a few people, prayer leaders from a couple of churches and they came and we prayed and they said, Patrick, Get it out of here. It's a high level of curse thing. So the next morning, no, before that happened, when he carved it, he was in the back and the table saw. And all of a sudden, he ran to my office and said, oh, God, help me. When I looked, his two index finger was severed. Mm. And I tried to put the fingers back together and we rushed him to Brompton Hospital. And the thing is, they tried to save the fingers. They, so in a couple of days, I went to visit him home. And I asked him, why did you carve something like that? He said, you know something? I've never seen it before. But I saw the image inside of the wood and I dug it out. That's the exact word he says. When I did some research, he told me that the following day, he was watching, his little daughter was watching a documentary, and it was about the Greek mythologist. And he said his daughter saw the same image, and they said, this is an image from the Greek mythologist, mythology that 
that bless the vegetation and to appease it, you have to give it blood. That's what the documentary said. And then he said to me, that's why my finger cut off. The mm. point I'm saying is that accursed thing, I took it from my office and drove to his house and tell him to destroy it. And I could mm. share several. The whole place turned upside down. Another guy got sick. It was chaos from that. So if we allow a curse things in our presence, it's going to have damning effect. But a lot of people are not seeing it because we are not spiritually there. So our eyes are spiritually closed and we are not seeing it. We can't recognize it. And there's consequences whether we recognize it or not. When God winks at us, he may just save us from dying. But it will affect your finances. It will affect your relationship. It's going to affect many things. So I hope I answer. Thank you so much, Brother Frank. We're going to take two short questions. You said something, which is a confirmation, because um, about praying for whatever you buy. And, and sometimes we go out yes. ignorantly and, you know, we just like something or there's a need for something and we just buy it. But you know, yeah. I was in. I have intended to buy something. Um, I'll share that with you personally, and um, at a certain place. And uh, I went to my bed last night, and I got up this morning, and the Lord said, "No, don't buy these articles." And um, then He showed me, you know, living at the, um, the, the the close of time one, and whatever you buy, it will last you for the time needed. And I need to discuss it with someone because, you know, we had agreed. And um, I even talked to the shippers and all that about it. So, you know, um, I can see where the Holy Spirit is giving me a confirmation as to the revelation that he had given me. Thank you. Amen. Brother Amen. Patrick. Thank you, Brother Frank. Thank you. Okay, say your name, please, where you're calling from. This is Jasmine. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I Talk didn't come on early, but anyway, I... I'm hearing about this, um, these things, cursed things for a long time, and sometimes I feel helpless <laughs> about identifying. And do you think we could plan a seminar or something like a, you know, individual, you know, identifying stuff because it's really, really hard. Okay, all right. Thank you so much. I will go back over it, but um, I've done several videos, but because I don't remember their titles, because I've done hundreds of videos. I've done videos and even closed light, closed lining, uh, name brand that is a curse. And I gave testimony because back in the days, like a few years back, we used to visit 60 homes per year, 60. And we have seen everything in the book when it comes to spiritual warfare. So the experience the Lord has given us is really vast. So I will look into that, my sister, because I know whenever I preach on Joshua chapter 7, a lot of people are converted because a lot of people are living and they're struggling and they're wondering, is there a generational curse on my family? Is there something done? And I want to tell you, a lot of people are involved in witchcraft and they're in the church. The first thing they do is go burn frankincense and what? There's so much, sister. So thank you, sister. I will do that. I think you need to do that 60 visit again because it's really important. Okay, thank you so much. I will look into it and I know somebody's taking notes. Okay. Okay, I want to ask the, the one more question, then I'm doing two verses to close. Last question. Anybody else? You have a person question and you want to ask it right now before I move on? Hello? Yes, hello. Good evening, Pastor Baker. This is Shania. Okay, um, Shania from the U.S. Praise the Lord. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Praise the Lord. I'm doing well. Praise God. What's your question tonight? Um. So my brothers have um toy dinosaurs and Legos. Um, are they in a curse? Are they a curse thing? Okay, then. So your brother have dinosaurs. Okay. That's very powerful. And 
what do we say about dinosaur? Where did dinosaur come from? Where did it exist in the Bible? And what does the scientist say? When you look at it and you look on the amount of movies and science fiction, you know that it's go back to something evolving and dinosaur and it becomes a big issue. Well, I must personally tell you that it is an accursed thing, and I hope I'm able to address it another time, like to go into details. And I want to tell you, our children are gravitated to things that is accursed more than anything else. When we go into homes and we comes to Pokemon and all different things, the children don't want to throw them out. Anything a children is gravitated to, and they don't want to get rid of it. So if you go do a little research on dinosaur and see where they are from and what the scientists and where the scientists are placing them in creation and what they are saying about them and their existence, then you will see a whole different picture and who's behind it. And is this what the Lord is saying? Is this something, what kind of message is it sending to the children? Uh, we should do an interview and ask the children, where does dinosaur come from? And who do they represent? Did they evolve? Uh, you know what I mean? So there's so much, my sister. I'm going to able to deal with the accursed things the next time, and I will probably go into a bit more scientific and specific. Okay, so we'll definitely address it on next time, probably on a Tuesday when we have more time. I will ask Sister Michelle to put it on the Q&A so I can address it in a more detail next time. Okay? Okay, thank you very much. So that's what happened, brethren, that sometimes we will take questions, questions that we are struggling with. You know, we have these things in our family lineage and we're wondering what is going on within your families. And, you know, it's a new year coming. We need to get rid of some of the things that we don't need. We don't want these things, things that is holding back God's people that we need to get rid of. You know, so thank you so much, everybody, for your question. And I'm going to open just two short verse to close. And if we could mute the lines back, please. Well appreciated. The lines are muted back. Praise yeah. God. God is truly a, a good God. And he loves his people so much. And um, he has a plan for us for the new year as God opened up his people's eyes to be aware. Because there's several people that we prayed for and they're going through spiritual warfare. And they suspect it, you know, but they are like, I'm an Adventist. That can't be real. And then when we pray for them and they are delivered, they are like, wow, I didn't know. So I'm saying to myself, why is God's people are so blinded with what's happening in the spiritual realm? You know, and you go back in the Bible and you see where the Lord is always presenting some powerful things. And the people in the church, the Pharisees, did not believe. They always blacking it and saying that they don't believe and wondering who he really is. You know, so it's not anything strange. It used to happen when Jesus used to walk the earth. So I want you to turn with me to Mark chapter 8. And I'll be reading verse 27. I will read 27 to 29. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we are so grateful for this year's Sabbath night, Lord. And as you prepare your people for this short little word of encouragement. Please, Lord, prepare us as the year drawn to an end. And as we come closer to your coming, help us that our spiritual eyes will be open and we will know who Jesus really is. The world may say it is his birthday today, but Lord, we know whom we serve and the importance of you to us and your love and your grace and your mercy. Cover everyone that is listening on the Sabbath hour. Touch every heart, every soul 
and let Christ alone be exalted and be lifted up. We praise you, we exalt you, and we give you all the worship because there's none under the sun like you. Thank you for hearing, for blessing, for answering your people. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we thank you. Amen, amen. And we'll definitely put some of the information on the website. If you go to buttontochrist.com, we're going to put some of the information on the website so you can go to and you can see because it's all about learning and teaching. Thank you so much. Okay, so verse 27 of Mark chapter 8 says, so this was the time when Jesus was doing a lot of healing and he, the, the, the blind eyes were open and a lot of miracles were happening and people were excited while some was criticizing. And, and Jesus popped a question to the disciples that, that really struck me, you know what I mean? You know, we know he asked Peter, but he was addressing everybody. And it says in verse 27, and Jesus went out and his disciples into the towns of Caesarea, Philippi, and by the way he asked his disciples, saying unto them, whom do men say that I am? What's going on out there on the street? What are you hearing on the street? I know if I should ask somebody, what are you hearing about the coronavirus? They will, you'll hear it's a man-made thing. It's the last day's disease that's going to bring in the son the law. If you take this virus, this, this, this um, vaccine, they're going to be able to track you. You're going to hear all different things you're hearing about the coronavirus. There's so many offshoots and things going that you don't even know what to believe. And could you imagine in that days when all the miracles are wrought, could you imagine if the disciples were spread out into the crowd and hear people wondering, who is this man? I don't understand. He make even the lame to walk. I don't get it. Who is he? He can't figure. So the Lord knows what's going on. And he was asking his disciples, disciples, you know, and that's a, a legitimate question that we ourselves have to really think and see what the Lord is really saying to us this hour. Because he asked them, when he took them away a little bit from the crowd, he asked them, whom do men say that I am? What's the word on the street? And they said in verse 28 unto him, John the Baptist. Why did they say John the Baptist? Because he was benign. And I think when John the Baptist went to jail and they realized that John the Baptist was in there, John the Baptist had a purpose, you know. He came with a purpose, just as how some of us have a purpose. You know what I mean? When they went to John the Baptist and John the Baptist sent a message to Jesus to say, hey, should I look for another one? Even doubt was coming on John the Baptist himself, but they were looking at him as a Christ. But some, he said, Elias, that's Elijah, another name for Elijah. Some were saying he's, uh, he's Elijah, the man, the powerful prophet that does a lot of miracles. So they were linking Jesus. They can't figure him out. You see, the Lord confused the enemy. You know what I mean? When it comes to our relationship and we go deeper with the Lord, people are not going to be able to comprehend or understand the level and the depth of your worship and who we really serve. You know, so he asked the Lord, the Lord asked them, and one of them said, the prophets. There's so many times that you speak to Muslim and a lot of people, they said, oh, Jesus, yeah, he's powerful. He was just a prophet. Play down who Jesus really is. If Jesus was there himself and asked them, whom do men say I am? What if 
he was here today in person, what would you say? Or what if the Lord was to ask you right now, what's on the street? Is there fire going on? Is this the word being spread? Does it look like the coming is really close? Does it look like we need to stay home and weep in prayer tonight? Do does it do you recognize that we probably need to stay up? I remember we did an all nighter. We did a prayer visual until twelve or so one time. I think we need to do that again. Will we just run the praise and worship where you don't worry about, you know, but I'm tired, I'm going to work tomorrow. Listen, when there's an urgency, what is more important? I know the Lord says we need our rest and whatever, but there's some time when we got to tarry in prayer. There's some times when the Lord says we need to weep between the porch and the pew. There's some time when we need an encounter with the Lord. And if we ever need an encounter, the time is now. The Lord is asking the question, whom do men say I am? Are we witnessing enough? about his coming? Are we reaching souls for Jesus Christ? What do you think? Listen to this. Verse 30. No, verse 29 says, And he said unto them, But whom say he that I am? When he gave Peter and the disciples told him what men were saying on the street. The Lord wanted to test them to say, okay, bring it home then to your relationship with God. Whom do you say I am? How would you describe the Lord of your life? How would you describe the Lord tonight who kept you through the year? Who kept you from falling? Even though we fell, he said the righteous falls and get up seven times. How would you describe a loving God who paid your tuition, who paid your mortgage, who placed food on your table, who delivered you from darkness? If it hadn't been God, you would have been dead. I heard Sister Joan testify this morning concerning working around people with the coronavirus and only wearing a simple mask, and the Lord protected her. How do you, who would you say Jesus is to you tonight? Your family was broken, and God kept you. Your daughter ran away from home, but God brought her back. Your son is involved in drugs and pornography and all the illicit trade, but God saved him. How would you describe the Jesus that you serve, that you worship throughout the year and we are on the threshold of a new year? How are you going to increase your prayer life and your relationship with this God? How would you describe him? The Lord asked the disciples, whom do you say I am? And Peter answered and said unto him, thou art the Christ. How would Peter recognize Christ? How do we recognize Christ? In our life. How do we recognize the Savior in your life tonight? You gotta have your spiritual eyes open. You gotta have the spirit of discernment. The Holy Ghost power have to be working with you in these last days to recognize what's right or wrong, to recognize whose side are you really on. It's not only about verbalizing. It's about doing. When you know Jesus, you will do his will. Peter answered and said, you are the Christ. Who is Christ in your life? The one who was who born in a manger. The one who was sent 
by God to redeem us from sin. The one who died at Calvary's cross, the one who went to Golgotha for you and I, the one who fasted in the garden for 40 days and 40 nights to bring back the mind of Christ within our lives. Do you know this Jesus? How do you know the Da Vinci Jesus that is painted on a picture that you're hanging in your home? If we know that Jesus, I want to give you a news tonight that that's not the Jesus who died on the cross. That's not the Savior whose atoning blood was shed on Calvary's cross so that we may have hope through Jesus. I'm telling you, I love this Jesus. As that song says, that man from Calvary. I don't know about you in closing. I love this Jesus. I don't know about you, brethren, and what you're thinking, but you don't get it. That Jesus is about to come. This morning I did a scripture where I read and says, scarcely, judgment start at the house of the Lord first, but very scarcely, some people are going to be saved who is in the church. When we hear that, we know that a lot of people just go to church for going sake. They're just doing part of the ritual. A lot of us are not serious. But the Lord is stopping here tonight, the Sabbath night, to let you know that he's calling you and I to a higher calling. He's calling you and I to a closer relationship, a deeper walk with him. How are we going to accomplish that if we don't know who he is? As the question comes to your thought tonight, who do you think? Jesus really is. Is there something you need to give up in your life to have a better relationship? Is there something that is blocking you from the full potential? Is there something blocking you from being used with power? Is there something blocking you You know, I just wonder. A lot of us could be more powerful, but self is in the way. We are entangled with a lot of different schism and gossiping and a lot of things holding back God's people. I'm praying tonight that we will recognize the seriousness of the time. You see, if if we can't recognize it, you know what I mean? I don't know what to tell the brethren because this coronavirus is nothing ordinary. A lot of good people are dying. A lot of people are fearful. A lot of people losing their homes because a lot of companies are closing down. It's definitely chaos. It's time for God's people to pull together. This is a wake-up time for the Christian, for God's people to wake up. Do you want to be saved? What are you going to do about this? How is this going to change your prior life coming in the new year? Is there something you need to do? Is there something, brethren, that you need to do so that the Lord can open up our understanding more. Is there something? Is there something? As we close, is there something? I want you to really think about it deeply. These scriptures were in the Bible for us. The Lord asked his disciples who were walking with him, whom do men say I am? What you hearing? And then he turned it and personalize it to say it's going to come down to a personal walk with Christ. 
it's going to come down to you and God alone. Not you and all your friends and families with God. It's going to be you and God wrestling. He asked the disciples personally, whom do you say I am? You can tell me what you observe and what you see, but what is your relationship like with your God tonight? What is it like? What is it like, brethren? What is it your relationship like? Is there something you want to tell the Lord? Is there something you earn to have? You, you, you have this zeal. You just want to have a closer walk with Jesus. Brethren, I bid you tonight that Christ is coming soon and we should seek for this closer walk with Jesus. Oh, how he loves us, brethren. You have no idea how the Lord loves us. And if we only turn to him, the benefits is going to be overwhelming. But a lot of people think that you're turning, but you're not really turning. God is asking you tonight, what are you going to do about it for the new year? What are you going to do about it? God is longing to show us what to do. But are we really listening? Are we listening to the Lord? I know he wants to take you somewhere. He wants to take you higher. He wants you to love each other. He wants us to reach many souls before he comes. But if we are not equipped and know that he's definitely coming, but it's not something, if we're locked up in, in hate, in things of the world, we're not going to be able to discern it. And the words I'm speaking now is just going to pass through your ears. And it's going to, you know, it's, it's not going to mean anything to you and I if you don't really know who God really is. But how are we going to get to know him? How? Just ask the Lord this moment to really search your heart. Ask God to allow you to change in the new year, to really love some of the people who hurt you, some of the people who put you down. How can you be transformed to loving even the unlovable? Is that still available. John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall be saved also. You know me? God is saying to us, I'm going to read something in closing as you contemplate just a little verse here, a love letter. And it says, Dear child of mine, and it's to you as we close before we take the prayer request. It's to you personally. The Lord is speaking to you. Dear child of mine, there will always be those people in this world who seem somewhat unlovable. So it has been since the beginning of time. But be thankful for them, for they are like an invitation for you to come to me and to allow me to love through you. When someone is good and kind and easy to love, you don't need my help. But when someone is cantankerous and moody, it requires more of you in require it requires me so it needs more of god when somebody is contanglerous 
And when you involve me, we can begin to make a difference. Difference. My love combined with your love is a miracle waiting to happen. Learn to let me love through you. And be reminded that my love isn't an ordinary kind of love. It's unconditional. It's unending and full of grace. As you practice loving others in this fashion, just watch and see how it changes your heart, your own heart too. It will change your own heart. This letter is from the most lovingly, the Lord our God and Savior. May you remember this and let love go a long way in this year coming year. May God bless you and keep you and his face shine upon you as we will now have the prayer request in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Bun to Christ Ministries podcast. We hope that you were blessed. Feel free to visit our website at buntochrist.com for more content and information. Also, feel free to contact us at buntochrist70 at gmail.com with your prayer requests or any questions you may have. May God richly bless you, and we'll see you next time.